0: I'm Rob Bass with the Just Right Ranch in Palestine, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on
1: Texas Ag
0: Today. This
2: is Texas Ag Today, the number one source for the latest news in Texas agriculture. The largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State covers it all from the piney woods of east texas to the rocky ranges of the trans pecos and from the panhandle down to the rio Grande valley here's today's top stories
3: wildfires are burning across the texas panhandle we'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show
4: a stretch of days with temperatures reaching the mid to upper 80s in february is definitely unusual for the texas high plains but our recent experience is right in line with what has been a fairly warm winter. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today.
5: Recent rural land sales in Texas on the South Plains, in the northern and central regions of the state. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have
2: more on Texas Ag Today. Now, here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello Texas,
3: why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. Be sure to hold on tight because it all starts right now. Wildfires are burning in the Texas panhandle. Conditions are ripe for fires with no precipitation and high winds. Pat McDowell is a farmer and rancher and a county judge in Wheeler County.
0: The fires on Monday afternoon were uh, in Gray County, immediately due west, and we were in line, in certainly in line for them. It got about uh, probably about 12 miles or so from our house, and they had been about 20 miles from the city of Wheeler. It, it looked a lot closer than what it was, but it, we, we've had this wildfire experience a couple of times coming into the city of Wheeler so our memories kicked in and we know how fast the fire moves and all so it really had us kind of excited there Monday afternoon on it and then we come up to Tuesday morning then the fire's kind of reignited.
3: Fires are nothing new to that area of the state so ranchers are busy gathering cows and preparing for the worst.
0: We called everything we could into the feed ground where you know it's pretty Obviously, you know, short grass and, and wore down and, you know, just shouldn't catch on fire and fed them or pinned them there. Or, you know, er, I know everybody was trying to move them to, their cattle to the safest place to, you know, if they did have to, you know, evacuate or something to, you know, let them out on a road or, or something of that nature. But, yeah, I, I guarantee you um, every rancher was doing something with his cows that was in the path of the fire yesterday.
3: As of Tuesday, there were four fires burning in the panhandle, with 77,000 acres burned. Obtaining an agricultural guest worker visa will cost more in a few weeks.
6: Homeland Security's Citizenship and Immigration Services recently released a final rule that would adjust certain immigration and naturalization benefit request fees starting April 1st. It would be the first time USCIS increased fees since 2016. The agency says increasing the fees will help USCIS recover a greater share of its operating costs and support more timely processing of new applications. The National Pork Producers Council reports the fee increase will impact most agricultural visas, including H-2A, H-2B, and TN. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal.
3: The Commodity Classic is back in Texas. The big row crop convention kicked off Tuesday in Houston and will run through Friday. It's a joint meeting of the American Soybean Association, the National Corn Growers Association, National Sorghum Producers, the National Association of Wheat Growers, and the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. The month of February will go down as a warm one for the Texas High Plains. James Hunt looks back on the February weather from Amarillo.
4: Here at midweek, our temperatures across the Texas High Plains have gotten cooler than what we had been experiencing lately. But looking back at the previous week or so, what we've seen on the thermometer has been, well, kind of bizarre. Several days with temperatures running 20 or more degrees above normal. Now, I haven't forgotten the brutally cold spell a few weeks back when we were hit with temperatures down in the single digits and in some locations even below zero, but I still feel like this has been an abnormally warm winter overall. I asked Mike Gittinger of the National Weather Service's Amarillo office if the data they have supports my impression.
7: It definitely does. December in particular was the ninth warmest on record. The average temperature, when you look at the average of the high and the low, that average temperature was running a little more than five degrees above normal. And then we've seen a return to that in February. We'll see what February where we end up at in the end. We're running about five degrees above normal there, too. Now, what's going to counter that when you look at the whole three month winter season, January was when we had our cold and we actually ended up a little below normal. So it's going to counter it a little bit because that cold period that you mentioned is going to kind of average things out a little bit. But we certainly have been significantly above normal at times. It won't necessarily, as the whole winter goes, rank in record-breaking warmth, but certainly toward the higher end of being a relatively warm winter. And we'll see where February, that's going to be interesting. February is going to be pretty warm, you know, in the end when we get to the end there. So we'll see where we end up.
4: In tomorrow's report, I'll have more of my conversation with Mike Gittinger of the National Weather Service's Amarillo office as we talk about the potential for dangerous weather events. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
3: Interest rates have risen, but how has that affected rural land sales? Tom Nicoletti looks at some recent land sales across Texas.
5: For today's program, we go to Tyler Jacobs. He is partner broker with Hall & Hall Land Company, and he is with us here today to talk about a number of rural land sales that have occurred recently. And Tyler, let's first start on the South Plains of Texas, some farmland out in Yoakum County.
8: You bet, Tom. And just as a reminder, these are all sales reported by a third party. So we had a 1,580-acre sale in Yoakum County there in Plains, like you mentioned. It sold for $3,250 an acre. It had two half-mile pivots, a quarter-mile pivot, about 340 acres of dry land cultivation. And the water averaged out at about 1.33 gallons per minute of irrigated acres. So that's still a pretty strong sale for Yokum County.
5: Now, some native pasture land along the Red River in North Texas and Montague County also sold.
8: Absolutely. We got a sale there outside of Bowie of 480 acres, reported price of $5,104, an acre. It was mixed pasture with some creek frontage, just pretty typical sale. And again, that's just showing that this market is still pretty healthy.
5: As we move south into central Texas, there was a sale in Bosque County as well.
8: Yeah, we've got a 1,238 acre sale in Bosque County there outside of Meridian, about $8,800 an acre. So pretty strong sale. Had a little brushwork done to it. Had a little water enhancement done to it. Had quite a bit of county road frontage to it. So that was a good solid sale there in Meridian.
5: As we go further south, let's start in the coastal area in the Victoria region. Tyler,
8: just as by way of reminder for disclosure, these are reported through a third party, Tom. But we had a good sale outside of Victoria, 1,248 acres, reported sale of $4,650 an acre. It had some nice... Live oak coverage, had a little bit of creek, and then had a pretty decent cover of South Texas brush, which is attractive to recreational buyers.
5: Let's move over to McMullen County, uh, south of San Antonio and a little further west of that Victoria area. Another sale of some native land out there, not really improved either.
8: True hunting country, this 912-acre track outside of Tilden was in the managed lands program and had what was described as really top-shelf south texas mixed brush it brought five thousand two hundred and sixty four dollars an acre tom again just more evidence this real estate market is healthy i don't think it's out of balance i think it's really healthy
5: and we say the same down in the Rio grand valley where another property was sold in hidalgo county right
8: yeah there outside of mccook that was a 600 acre tract So for $4,371 an acre was the reported price. Good native brush. It was high fenced, had some food plots and some ponds and and had a little bit of good water distribution and habitat. Another strong sale there for a recreational track down in the valley.
5: That is Tyler Jacobs. He is with Hall & Hall Land Company. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
6: Several members of Congress recently took a trip to Mexico City to discuss several issues at the U.S.-Mexico border. I'm Jessica Domo, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today.
9: And
3: laminitis is a problem in horses. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up.
2: These stories plus a look at the markets are straight ahead on Texas Ag Today. The number one rated farm and ranch radio network in Texas. This is Texas Ag Today on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
3: Several members of Congress recently took a trip to Mexico City to discuss several issues about the U.S.-Mexico border. Jessica Domel reports.
6: Members of the Texas delegation in Congress recently traveled to Mexico City to meet with officials there to discuss the historic surge of migration at the U.S.-Mexico border, among other issues. U.S. Congressman Henry Cuellar, who was on that trip and represents a section of the border in Washington, D.C., joins us with more.
10: We have issues with water. As I mentioned, it was one of the things I did bring up to the uh, secretary's foreign office. Number one, and of course, we've talked about drugs coming into the U.S. They talked about arms going back into Mexico from the U.S. And that's a big problem. Every time we talk about drugs, they say, hey, but keep in mind that the arms, mainly from the state of Texas, are going into Mexico and they're arming the cartels. So we'll bring up drugs and then they bring up you got to do a better job at regulating those arms are going into Mexico. And then, of course, the migration issue is another issue that we brought up. And on the migration issue, keep in mind that in December, the numbers were 10 to 12,000 encounters a day. And after the Homeland Secretary and the State Secretary went up there and talked to Mexico, we saw in January that those numbers went down. Did we build new border wall? No. Did we add new border patrol? No. Did we add new technology? No. So what lowered the numbers by half? And it was very simple, and this is what I've been saying. We cannot play defense on the one-yard line completely. we got to make sure that we also play defense on their 20-yard line. That is getting Mexico to do more. And when you get Mexico to do more like they did recently, they were taking people off the trains that were coming up into the U.S. border. They were getting people that were on, on their northern border, our southern border, and they would take them down to their southern border. Number two, and number three, they were deporting people to Cuba and to Venezuela and other places. So those actions by Mexico actually cut the numbers of encounters that we have here. And that's again one of the things that I've always said. People can talk about border walls, adding new border patrol technology, but it's also getting Mexico and the other countries that do more, because the more they do on their twenty yard line, then the less number of people coming to our US borders.
6: That was U.S. Congressman Henry Cuellar of Texas. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
3: Laminitis is a common problem in horses. Dr. Bob Judd looks at some
9: signs that could indicate your horse has it. Typical clinical signs of laminitis include a stilted gait, rigid head carriage at the walk, reluctance to trot, and less overall movement. Also, horses affected with laminitis generally are reluctant to walk on hard ground and seem tense through the shoulders, back, and hindquarters. There is also a condition called occult laminitis, in which lameness signs are not seen, but your farrier can see stretching and hemorrhage in the white line, dropped flat and thin soles, and sometimes rings in the hoof walls. However, all rings in the hoof wall do not indicate laminitis, as any stressful event can cause these rings. Sometimes these horses are lame in both front feet and may have unusual signs, as they cannot show similar lameness on both front legs at the same time. Also, some horses can develop laminitis in the rear legs only, and this is unusual but can happen and can mimic many different conditions. Sometimes nerve blocks of the feet are required to prove that the lameness is in the feet. Most cases of laminitis are due to increased insulin in the horse's blood, and this is related to the amount of carbohydrates and starch in the horse's diet. Laminitis has been induced experimentally by injecting normal horses with insulin, so we know insulin is one trigger for laminitis. Cushing's disease, also called PPID, causes increased levels of the hormone ACTH, and the goal of management of these cases is to keep ACTH levels and insulin as close to the normal range as possible. One consideration is horses with PPID do have a seasonal rise in ACTH in the fall of the year, and this must be considered when testing for this disease. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: We'll check the markets coming up next on Texas Ag Today. Sometimes you love them, sometimes you cuss them. Here's a look at the markets on Texas Ag Today.
6: Both live and feeder cattle traded lower on Wednesday. Analysts say there is some uncertainty about price direction following the cattle on feed report that was released on Friday. February, live cattle down 95 cents to 184.65. April, live cattle down $1.60 to 186.12. June, live cattle down $1.40 to 182.17. March feeder cattle down $3.40 to 249.60. April feeder cattle down $3.85 to 255.10. May feeder cattle down $3.35 to 257.95. Boxed beef was higher Wednesday. Choice rose 67 cents to $302.41. Select rose $2.50 to $292.90. Now let's take a look at those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble.
7: Gary Butler, Nixon Livestock, sells them every Monday. Gary, how did this last Monday sale turn out?
1: Larry, we wind up with 1377, 216 cows, 17 bulls. Camp market still continues to be steady to a little higher in places. Two and three weight steers, 297, four quarter. Heifers, 259 to 370. Three and four weight steers, 294 to 415. Heifers, 259 to 395 four and five weight steers 284 to 370 heifers 241 to 355 five and six weight steers 249 to three and a quarter heifers 218 to 350 six and seven weight steers 232 to two seventy three heifers 207 to 234 seven and eight weight steers bull yearlings two hundred three to two hundred sixty three. Heifers dollar forty eight to two hundred twelve. Best slaughter cows dollar seventeen. Slaughter bulls ninety four to a dollar thirty five. Soccer cows six fifty to seventeen fifty. Pairs 1,300 to 2,150, Larry. What was the count? 1,377. Told you about 1,300 on Sunday night.
7: Well, what do you think come Monday we'll have?
1: There's going to be some Black and charlotte cross calves coming. I imagine there's going to be 35 to 40 of those calves coming. Other than that, I don't know of any cattle coming right off hand right now.
7: Gary, tell everybody how to get a hold of you for that next sale Monday in Nixon.
1: You can catch us here at the sale point 1570. Sixty one or sixty two. Catch me on my mobile eight three zero eight five seven forty
7: three thirty. Gary, thanks for the call.
1: Thank you, sir. Bye bye.
7: Texas neighbor, that's all the time we've got for this edition of Walking the Pins here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. That was Gary Butler. Good day.
6: Lean hogs traded higher Wednesday after closing lower on Tuesday. Analysts say the higher prices on Wednesday were thanks to cash prices being higher. April lean hogs up a dime to 86 even, May lean hogs up 7 cents to 90.45. Block cheese rose half a cent Wednesday to $1.61, barrel cheese unchanged at $1.67. Dry whey fell 1.25 cents to 44 cents. March class 3 milk up a penny to 17.29 100 weight. April class 3 milk down 2 cents to 17.54 100 weight. Cotton traded limit up Tuesday and then hit its 500-point limit overnight. And then we saw triple-digit gains on Wednesday. Analysts say that's due to tightening U.S. inventory and strong Chinese equity markets. May cotton up 228 points to 101.08. July cotton up 204 points to 99.72. December cotton down 49 points to 84.28. Corn traded higher on Wednesday as oversold conditions are easing. March corn up 5 to 4.13 and a quarter. May corn up 5 to 4.28 and a half. September corn up 3.5 to 4.50 even. Analysts say prices are limited by expectations for Brazil's crop, surplus stocks in the United States, and China sourcing feed corn from Ukraine. By the way, Brazil's safrinha crop is almost planted, reports are that early conditions are generally favorable. March hard red wheat up 2 to 595 and a half, May hard red wheat down 4 and 3 quarters to 581, July hard red wheat down 6 to 570 and a quarter. Soybeans traded higher on Wednesday on news that early yields from Brazil's crop aren't great. March soybeans up 2 and 3 quarters to 11.34 even. April natural gas up eight cents to $1.89. May natural gas up nine cents Wednesday to 2.05. Crude oil rose slightly on Wednesday, according to Reuters. Oil was up thanks to potential extensions of OPEC plus supply cuts, offset by U.S. crude stocks rising more than expected. April crude oil down 44 cents to 78.43 a barrel. May crude oil down 53 cents to 77.70 a barrel. The Dow fell 66 points Wednesday to 38,905. The S&P 500 down eight points to 5,069. And the NASDAQ fell 76 points to 15,958. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Dolmull, and I hope to see you then.
2: Thanks for joining us for Texas Ag Today. Be sure to follow the Texas Ag Today podcast found wherever you listen to podcasts. For more Texas farm and ranch news, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.